welcome to the Informed Traveler Podcast, a weekly podcast where our goal is to help you become a more informed traveler. And I'm your host, Randy Sharman. How would you like to spend a few days at a beautiful resort in the heart of the Costa Rican jungle? Sounds nice, doesn't it? You're not roughing it at all at the Pacuare Lodge, that is for sure. So we're going to find out more when we chat with Natalia Fernandez. She is the sales and marketing manager for the Pacuare Lodge in Costa Rica. Plus, uh, a little later on, we're going to see why Jamaica is still as popular as ever with Canadians. But first, one quick way to ruin a vacation is getting sick while you're away. So we start our podcast this week talking about how to protect yourself from illnesses such as seasickness, air sickness, and the norovirus while on vacation. To help us out, we've invited back Jason Komet, pharmacist with Polaris Travel Clinic. Hi, Jason. Hi, Randy. Uh, so let's run down the uh, list of, I'm going to call them common ailments. Uh, I think just about every one of them is preventable with a little common sense, I guess. But things happen. And when you're thousands of miles away from home and one of these things happens to you, you kind of want to know what to do, right? Absolutely. So let's uh, let's start with uh, seasickness and air sickness. I'm going to put these two together. Are they the same thing? In a lot of ways, they're they're the same. I, I think that we'll find some people um, may have more trouble on on the water, but certainly air sickness sometimes can be an issue as well. But I, you know, I think they're not always. Uh, people are not always prone to both, but some people can be prone to one or to the other. And mm-hmm. I think, we, like I said, we find uh, seasickness to probably be a bit more common. And, and I suppose you can mo- just lump it in as motion sickness, right? Because people get uh, sick in cars, vehicles too, right? Absolutely, yeah, for sure. So what can we do? I mean, it's pretty hard if you're on a cruise to avoid the ship. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, that, that actually comes up a lot with regarding going on a cruise. Now, I, I like to think that, you know, there are a few things that you can do to sort of plan ahead. Um, some people have already had previous experience, so they kind of know how they're going to do. Um, but, you know, there are a few medications that are out there that, that you can always look at. There are things, there is a, a patch that's available that you can actually put mm-hmm. uh, behind your ear. Uh, and it's actually ideal in a lot of ways for cruises because uh, you replace this patch every few days and it just gradually releases a, slow, a, a small amount of medicine uh, that prevents motion sickness into you over the course of those few days. So you just get a slow, steady release. You don't have to worry about remembering to, to, to take a tablet uh, mm. regularly. So that's an option, especially for people who already know they're going to have trouble. Um, if you don't necessarily, if you're not sure, you know, there are some uh, products available, that, like oral tablets that you can take. And certainly, you know, that product like Gravel is certainly a well-known product that people mm-hmm. are pretty familiar with. The one thing about Gravel, though, that is two things about it, really. One is it does tend to cause a lot of drowsiness. And the other thing is it is a relatively short-term uh, product. It, you know, lasts four to six hours. So you're kind of always having to look at... Um, you know, taking more doses and stuff. Um, there is one product which actually I've really um, come to like quite a bit, and it's it's called Meclizine. And, and this Meclizine is very similar to uh, gravel in the sense that it's an oral, oral product. But uh, the two nice things about it is the chances of drowsiness with this one is a lot less, mm-hmm. and you only have to take it once a day, so you don't have to keep doing additional doses. So um, I found this one to be very appealing. The The disadvantage with this one, though, is it's a little bit hard to get. Um, right now, um, it's not a commercially available product. Um, 
in Canada, it used to be sold just, you could go to a pharmacy and buy it on the shelf, but, mm-hmm. but now you kind of have to track it down. There are some uh, specialty pharmacies that are making this product and then they'll, they'll sell it. It doesn't require a prescription even. So, uh, but it is something that, you know, we have here and, and we go through tons of it. Those are the main things that we're looking at for, for motion sickness. So I guess gravel would be effective for air sickness because if you're only on a flight for four, four or five hours, uh, that would be effective, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the sort of thing that that you'd be looking at, you know, um, if, if, you know, the duration of effect for for gravel is usually in the four to six hour range. And, and, you know, for a lot of flights, that's that's enough. Mm. And um, it does make you a little bit sleepy, too, which sometimes on the plane is not always... Not always the worst thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it, it's not a bad thing to be having a snooze on the plane. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about uh, norovirus now. Uh, again, back in to my cruise ship days, it seems to me, and, and, and uh, I was very fortunate that I never got norovirus, but I always washed my hands. I think that was, the, to me, that's the biggest key is anytime you're out in a public space, as soon as I got back to my cabin, I would be washing my hands. Uh, is that key? Absolutely. It's the number one thing. So one thing that you'll notice on on cruise ships now is that there is hand sanitizers everywhere. So using hand sanitizers and and washing your hands is easily the the most important thing to do. Um, We know that there are some, you know, high traffic areas where, you know, people are always touching handrails and, and, and that sort of thing. And yeah, you just have to be really aware of that sort of sort of thing. And yeah, and the other thing that is always a good thing is if anyone, if you're nearby anyone that vomits, get away from <laughs> get there away as quickly here. as possible. <laughs> because one of the things that we know is that a lot of these viruses, like a, a norovirus, it's aerosolized. So what will happen is if somebody vomits, uh, the virus just comes up uh, out of the vomit and it's in the air right away. So oh your, chances of, your chances of getting sick uh, uh, being near that is the get away from there the best you can. Now, once I have norovirus, is it just sort of, you got to suffer through it? Pretty much, yeah. There's, <laughs> there, there's not much you can do, symptomatic treatment and, and just let it, let it pass, you know, and uh, yeah, um, that's pretty much it. You know, there, there is actually, interestingly enough, there, there's a couple of vaccines in development for norovirus, but uh, unfortunately, they're not going to be available for this cruise season, probably a few years down the line. But uh, yeah, we, we don't really have any other really effective uh, thing besides just the common sense prevention. At this Wash point. your hands and run away. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> Jason Komet is a pharmacist with Polaris Travel Clinic. The website again, polaristravelclinic.ca. Uh, always great info, Jason. It's uh, great to chat with you. Thank you. Thanks for uh, um, the opportunity. So if you want to combine a jungle adventure in Costa Rica while relaxing at a luxury resort, one place to stay would be the Pacuare Lodge, situated right along the banks of the Pacuare River in Costa Rica. To tell us more about it, we're joined now by Natalia Fernandez. She is the sales and marketing manager for the Pacuare Lodge. She joins us now right from the lodge itself in Costa Rica. Hi, Natalia. Hello, Randy. Thank you for having us in the show. We are so excited to join you. Well, I'm pretty excited to learn all about the Pacuare Lodge. I'm looking at the website, pacuarelodge.com. The photos are incredible. So give me some background on how it uh, got where it is today. Thank you very much. Uh, Well, we are located in a very remote location. So to give you 
an idea of how Pacuare, of what Pacuare is about, I have to tell you how it started. It, the company was started by my father 30 years ago, and he was actually a rafting guide. And what makes Pacuare very unique is that it is one of the most beautiful rivers in the world, according to National Geographic. And he rafted this year 30 years ago, and he fell in love with a property that was just by the riverbank, and he decided that he needed to purchase the, uh, the property. And since the beginning, we the vision of the project was to be sustainable. Mm-hmm. So it began like a very a basic tent camp just for overnight trips while they did the rafting tours in the Pacuara River. And it has developed towards the years, well, throughout the years, uh, to what it has become. And now we are very proud that four years ago, we joined the Unique Lodges of the World program by National Geographic. And we are very excited to have a unique property uh, in this wonderful location. Well, you're right. It certainly looks wonderful. Again, looking at some of the uh, photos here, uh, I get the idea that uh, it's it's kind of remote. Uh, so how do I get there? <laughs> <laughs> well, just getting there is half of the adventure. Uh, there are no direct roads that lead to Pacuare, so you either need to raft to get to the lodge or cross the, or we also have a, ro- a road that gets you halfway there. You have to go in a 4 by 4 ride and then cross the river in a gondola where an electric car will be waiting for you on the other side of the river. Uh, so just getting there is a lot of fun. You no kidding. We always recommend to do the rafting tour. <laughs> well, and I guess you want to pack lightly, too. You want to, don't want to have a whole lot of uh, luggage <laughs> if you've got to take a raft or, or a gondola. That is the first question we always get asked. Like, where does all my luggage go? Because it, they will be rafting in and out of the lodge. Normally, that is the mo- the way to do it that it's most fun. But we do have luggage allowance because we have to fit everything into dry bags Mm -hmm. so that everything gets uh, safe, (laughs) safely to the lodge and dry. So tell me about the suites. uh, Obviously, it's not a a huge resort type of uh, place to stay, but uh, tell me about the suites, the accommodations and, and the things around it. We, we at the moment only have 20 suites. Our vision was to have a very a secluded and unique place where our guests feel they are in the middle of the jungle. So we, a, all of our suites are placed in a way that they have beautiful views of the river or of the jungle and that you feel that you, are, you have an intimate experience. So all of the suites are independent units. And what makes Pacuare also very unique is that included in this, in our guest stay, they have eight activities that they can choose from. So you can do, during your stay, you can do zip lining, you can do rappelling, hikes that are very easy from 30 minutes up to hikes that we have from eight to nine hours. So there is plenty of activities to do while at the lodge, and this is the reason why we have lots of couples that stay at the lodge, and, but also families. Okay, so you can bring your children, and, and it's enjoyable for families too, right? Yes, we do have a minimum age because of the access of seven years old to mm-hmm. stay at the lodge, 
but and to raft of 12. But we get lots of families with teenagers because they can stay so active during their stay. Mm-hmm. And also, since it is so secluded, we have lots of couples that like to stay for four or five nights because they can do a lot of romantic things. And we have a beautiful spa by the riverside, which they also enjoy a lot. And we have, like, romantic dinners by the riverside. So in Pacuara, you can do so many unique uh, activities that the longer you stay, the most enjoyable your experience becomes. Oh, yeah, it sounds like it. Uh, What about, is food included, your meals included as well? Yes, all of the meals are included during this day because... Since you are so uh, remote, there is no, you cannot use it as a base hotel to do other excursions. So we provide all of the activities. That is what makes it fun. Uh, the, the activities are only for our hotel guests. So, so it's very private. All the meals are provided by, the, by us. And that is one of the nicest surprises that our guests receive. They always mention how they get a delicious food in the middle of nowhere <laughs> because everything has to be rafted in. We also have a, an organic farm, which is not located in the lodge because not everything grows in the rainforest, eh, like fruits and vegetables. Mm-hmm. But we produce our own goat cheese. We also brew eh, our own beer. Eh, we produce most of our fruits and vegetables. So pretty much everything at the lodge is organic. And we have a delicious menu. With, which we planned with the help of one of the best uh, chefs from a restaurant in Santorini who came and with the help of our staff and also with uh, the general manager, they planned delicious, delicious meals for our guests. Tell me a little bit about some of the uh, cultural encounters. I'm looking again on your website, uh, Rural Indigenous uh, Cultural Encounters. Uh, who am I going to meet when I'm there? <laughs> That, that is one of the uh, main aspects about Pacuare. All of our staff comes from the local communities. Uh, one is called Bajo del Tigre, and then we have another community very close, which is the indigenous community called Nairiawari, and it is about five kilometers up, mount, up the mountain, and it is amazing how they walk. Uh, we have at the moment is seven staff members, from the indigenous community, and they walk every day through the lodge. So when you participate in the hike, where you visit the indigenous community, you you visit this village where our staff comes from, and you see you get to see how they live in the huts. You also get to see what they eat, how they get to work every day, and you get to meet the son of the shaman, who he is also normally at the lodge, like five days a week. Wow. So it is very interesting to get to, uh, they, don't, they don't speak English, but with one of our naturalist guides, do you get the translation of how their uh, traditions and what their day-to-day is like. That's pretty amazing. Now, I, I would gather because you're so remote, how unplugged are you? Do you have, uh, there's no TVs or those types of amenities that people might be used to at a, at a normal resort, right? <laughs> no, it is luxury, <laughs> but in the jungle. <laughs> so that means, very important, we, well, we produce our own electricity in a sustainable way. So mm-hmm. we do have solar panels and electric turbines, which with water, we generate electricity. This is limited since we produce it all, but we do have, very important, 
Wi-Fi to st- <laughs> if you want to <laughs> stay connected with your social media. We also have uh, fans in the rooms because it can get a little bit hotter during summer. Uh-huh. Um, we also have hot water. And so you will have, uh, we, and we have limited uh, light in the rooms during the nighttime. Uh-huh. But it is very nice that we also lit candles in the rooms and in the restaurant area to maintain it very romantic. In the beginnings of the lodge, we didn't have electricity at all. Hmm. Uh, I have to ask, you're in the middle of the jungle. What about bugs and reptiles and those yeah. things? <laughs> I'm sure you get asked <laughs> about that all the time. <laughs> it is not a problem. We do have uh, some mosquitoes and some bugs, uh, but what we do is we recommend to wear to use bug repellent, and with that, you would be just fine. Also, with any insects, we recommend just to keep the doors shut of your suites. And our staff, when they do the turn down at night, we check that there aren't any any visitors in the room. <laughs> That's very good. Well, it sounds like an absolutely fantastic place to stay. The uh, Pacuare Lodge in Costa Rica, the website PacuareLodge.com, and Natalia Fernandez is the uh, sales and marketing manager. Uh, appreciate your time, Natalia. This is great. Thank you so much, Randy. Well, Jamaica continues to be a popular vacation spot for many Canadians, and the numbers are growing. So to tell us why that is, is Dan Hamilton. He's the District Sales Manager Canada for the Jamaican Tourist Board. Hi, Dan. Well, hello there, Randy. Good to be here. Yeah, well, it's uh, nice to be chatting with you. I guess uh, these are good times for Jamaica tourism. Visit- visitation is up. I keep hearing stories about that, so not only this year, but last year. So things are uh, looking good for uh, Jamaican tourism, right? Absolutely. Canada's been good to us. Lots of Canadians have been going down to Jamaica. Um, last year, we had over, over uh, 450,000 Canadians who visited Jamaica. So, uh, and of that number, about uh, 30% are repeat visitors. So we are actually very, very, very happy that Canadians have chosen Jamaica as one of their favorite warm-weather spots to escape winter. Mm-hmm. So why do you think that is? Is it because it's uh, easy access? Uh, obviously, I mean, <laughs> got a lot of, got a lot of attractions going there, nice weather beaches, uh, lots of things to do, right? All the above, Randy, all the above. Most of all, it's the friendly, welcoming people. You know, Jamaicans have been in the hospitality business for decades, and that's something that people remark about when they come visit us, the the warmth of our people, the friendliness of our people. In addition to the great beaches, uh, fantastic clubs and resorts, the culture, the food, the music, things to do, lots of attractions and tours. And, of course, uh, fantastic uh, resorts, uh, very popular with uh, Canadians. Mm-hmm. Well, and you have the cruise ships going there. That always helps. Uh, all kinds of uh, ways of getting there. So now for someone who hasn't been to Jamaica, and I, I, it's, I always find this tough when we're talking about a whole country, so we're going to try and break it down into some of the popular areas. Obviously, Montego Bay, uh, Negril comes to mind. So tell me some of the different areas and some of the maybe the differences of those areas. Oh, absolutely. Most people know of uh, Montego Bay, Ocheris, and the Negril. Those are the... Uh, 
the three mainstay areas. Uh, Montego Bay is our complete resort where most people will arrive. That's where the uh, Sangster International Airport is. Uh, then there is Negril. Negril on the far west end of the island is our main beach resort. If you like lots of beach, if you like to walk for miles and miles, the famous Seven Mile Beach is very popular in Negril. Then there is Ocherius. Over in Ocherius, a uh, lots of soft adventure for people who like to get up early in the morning and have breakfast and hit the road, uh, doing ATV tours and uh, safari tours and going up to the mountains and gardens and stuff like that. Ocherius is your soft adventure uh, destination. Uh, Montego Bay is a little bit of everything. Uh, some soft adventure, some tours, some, some gardening, some ATV tours, some uh, river rafting, some snorkeling, some diving. So we like to call Montego Bay the complete resort. And for people who are going for the first time, we like to say try Montego Bay. So you can then go one hour east uh, to Ocherios, Renoir Bay area, or an hour west to the Negril area. And then next time you come back, you can spend a week or so in those areas. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a central spot where you can uh, use that as sort of a home base, right? That's right. So now getting around, like you mentioned there's tour operators and things. Um, uh, that's probably the best way if, you, if you're staying in a resort. Uh, the resort can pretty much uh, handle any kind of transportation needs you, you, you might uh, want, right? Absolutely. Uh, most of the resorts also have uh, licensed cabs who are based at the resort. and They have uh, a prescribed fare board to take you to the attractions, to shopping downtown and so on. So getting around, we do have uh, resort-specific rides that will take you around to different areas. For sure, we encourage our visitors, Randy, go out and see the country, meet the people, have the real Jamaica experience. Uh, we have great beaches and fantastic resorts, but you can find those many places. What sets Jamaica apart is the experience you get from immersing yourself in the culture, immersing yourself in the experiences of Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Well, you mentioned some of the the popular areas. Now, what are some of the top attractions, the sort of must-sees if you're going to be in Jamaica that uh, you'd, you'd want to take in? Oh, wonderful. Most people know Dunn's River Falls. <laughs> I've uh, done that. Fa- oh, absolutely. I've done it's that, the, yeah. The number one attraction. <laughs> the number one attraction. Some people say, but it's a waterfall. What's so special about a waterfall? Well, you don't climb every waterfall you see. This one you do. It's, it's absolutely the number one attraction, but there's more to Jamaica than Dunn's River Falls. Uh, especially for your listeners in Calgary, you'll remember the Jamaica bobsled team yes. uh, at the Olympics here. Well, we couldn't get enough of the cool running, so we have our own bobsled uh, uh, ride down in Jamaica as well, Mystic Mountain over there in Ontario. <laughs> so absolutely, be sure to check out the Jamaica bobsled over there. Lots of plantation tours, rafting on the mouth of Brain Falmouth is also a very, very popular and relaxing uh, attraction. Uh, horse, horseback riding, uh, great house tours, bird watching tours, the Green Grotto Caves, the uh, Glistening Waters, lots to see and do in Jamaica and all across the areas. Uh, so whether you're staying in the grill or you're staying in Montego Bay or you're over in Ocherius, there is something for you to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and uh, well, I'm just looking on your website again, visitjamaica.com. It has all kinds of uh, different nightlife and attractions that you're talking about, but there's always the food that uh, people seem to enjoy when they go to Jamaica, right? You got it. Uh, most people know the uh, jerk chicken and the Jamaican patties. Uh, all over the world, uh, people know those. But there's so much more uh, to try in Jamaica. Escovich fish, all pickled and, and nice for you. Uh, uh, curry goat is very popular in Jamaica as well. 
and oxtail. Uh, try some of the Jamaican ackee and saltfish. That's our national dish. It looks like scrambled eggs. You'll most likely see it on the breakfast buffet in the morning. Mm. But so much more to Jamaican food than uh, jerk chicken. Uh, explore a little and immerse yourself in the uh, culinary delights of the island. And also uh, famous for some rum, too, I hear. <laughs> <laughs> we can't forget the rum. J. Ray and Nevio Appleton Jamaica rum is one of the most popular uh, rums around. And you know what? There's a, actually a tour of the rum, uh, the rum factory down on the south coast here, the Appleton Estate Rum Tour. So mm-hmm. uh, visitors can go down there, see how rum is made from the cane fields to the distiller to the factory, it's packaged. And of course, you're at a rum factory. So you have to sample the different rums while you're there. Absolutely. Uh, give me some tips for insider insider tips for people that uh, are looking at maybe going to Jamaica for the first time and don't know what they're getting themselves into, maybe. Absolutely. I do recommend uh, to try Montego Bay. Montego Bay can be your central base. Uh, then you can, as I mentioned before, go over to Otrius for a day trip or then go down to Negril for a day trip the next day. Uh, try also the Meet the People program. We have this program where visitors are able to connect with locals. It's a free program. There's no cost. Just set it up with your hotel front desk or your travel agent. So you get to meet the Jamaican. So, for example, if you're a, a teacher here in Canada, you get to meet a local teacher in Jamaica. They may carry you to school one day, see how school is run in Jamaica. If you're uh, into gardens, flora and fauna, meet a local Jamaican who is also into gardens and stuff like that. So that's a very popular program. We recommend that for visitors who are going for the first time who would like a little more of the of the island, of the culture, than mm-hmm. just uh, being at the resort. I never heard of that. That sounds like a, a inter- an interesting thing. Absolutely. Uh, shopping is also uh, on the list here of activities on your website. Oh, absolutely. Lots of great shopping. Uh, we have the craft uh, uh, markets in each area. We also have uh, great inbound shopping in the main areas, Montego Bay, Ocherus, and Negril. And, of course, for those who arrive by cruise ships, so in U.S. port at Falmouth, great shopping uh, at the port of Falmouth as well. Mm-hmm. Any big events that are coming up that people might want to put on their calendar to take in going to Jamaica? Jamaica is such a diverse country, Randy. Apart from uh, all the fun things to do, there's also lots of festivals. Um, the Jamaica Food and Drink Festival, for example, takes place uh, at the end of October, October 28th. That is a real experience to come and sample practically everything on offer <laughs> food-wise <laughs> in Jamaica. Of course, uh, lots of reggae music festivals in Jamaica as well, especially uh, during the summer. But uh, uh, coming up later on this year is an EDM festival happening in Jamaica as well. So lots of activities, lots of events happening all across Jamaica. Check them out on our website, visitjamaica.com. That is the website, visitjamaica.com, a good place to start when planning your trip. Dan Hamilton is the District Sales Manager for Canada for the Jamaican Tourist Board. I uh, thank you for your time, Dan. Oh, you're welcome, Randy. Thank you for the opportunity, and we look forward to uh, seeing your listeners down in Jamaica and feel the vibe. And that is this week's Informed Traveler podcast. I want to thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, take a minute, rate the show, leave us a review, and tell a friend about the podcast. And if you want to drop me a line, my email address is randy at theinformedtraveler.ca. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash informedtraveler, or you can follow me on Twitter at informedtraveler.com.